0: What advice can you give on growing a business on a budget? Because art can be expensive. Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But men and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made
1: by Things, this is the Command Z Show. And welcome to the Command Z Show. Shelby, what's going on? Well,
0: I'm in glasses today. My hair's been buzzed. I don't know what's happening anymore. But that's what's happening. We had this little discussion, (laughs) and I think that's a good way to start the video of, I don't know what's going on anymore, but we're here.
1: (sighs) Yeah, you make it sound like you just woke up. And all of these things happen. I uh, somebody put glasses on <laughs> me. Somebody buzzed my hair. I don't know who did it.
0: It's been a slow well, transition. I, I've, I've seen it coming, but, you know, we're here. So
1: yeah.
0: I'm just going to be surprised by it, I guess.
1: Just keep rolling Yeah, right? why not? Yeah. Uh, sounds good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you know what? The first thing I'll say is if you hear a little uh, computer hum in the background or a fan hum just gonna apologize right now today is friday and the day that i transfer all of our files from dropbox to an external drive for safekeeping and i was gonna try to i usually turn it off for these things but today i'm halfway through it and i'm not gonna cancel it now it's real Um, this is is an authentic
0: interaction that's okay
1: it is it is. This is my my background music. And uh yeah. So we have um you have an interesting question today.
0: I do. We're uh
1: from what I hear. Yeah,
0: we're we're back on finances. Um from yes. last week, kinda of continuing that discussion. Yeah. yeah. So there's a. Uh,
1: no, you go, you go, you go. Back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um you know that that conversation we had with Eric, I still I I'm I'm thinking a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten a lot of comments just about like people saying like, "Hey, it's great that you guys are talking about this like nobody else is talking about this." and I'm like it's something that's on my mind so much as a business owner, um his budgets and and money in general. Um and it's just it's weird to not talk about it, honestly. So, uh, to me, it was just it's fun to get Eric on on the on the show and just kind of start picking his brain a little bit and get people to sort of I don't know, wake up to different ways of kind of thinking about that financial aspect of a creative life, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But so, let's hear it. What do you got?
0: Well, I, I reached out to some young creatives. I was just kind of wondering what their perspective and where they were, where their heads were at um, and kind of what, what questions they really had. So our very, our our main question of the day is what advice can you give on growing a business on a budget? Because art can be expensive.
1: Yes. Let me write this down real quick so I don't forget it. (laughs) Um, Business on a budget. So it's, it's really interesting because we're in this very interesting field of creativity, right? Most of us, I would actually go on a limb here and say all of us didn't go this route because we thought that it would m- make us rich and our wildest dreams would come true by going this route. Um, at some point or another, all of us decided that we would rather live a life where we do what we enjoy doing rather than, you know, drive fancy cars, live in enormous houses. And um, and I think that's, I, I don't know, I think that's great. But I think it says a lot about the people that decide to start creative businesses. Um, because even, yeah, even as a business owner, you're like, okay, I'm not trying to break the bank here. I'm just trying to live a life of freedom and creativity. Mm-hmm. That That is generally what we're trying to do. And there's this thing that slips by altogether, and it is just managing finances in general. Mm-hmm. And I guess he, here's the thing. Most of us, again, I would say 99.9% of us, do not start with any sort of financial backing of any sort. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong in that percentage. Uh, I, just, I can speak based on what I know and who I know. Uh, And that's why this is an interesting question, because it's a skill that we have that outside of the cost of software, honestly doesn't cost us anything to produce. It's a service that we're offering, not a product of some kind, uh, unless we have a team around us, which generally nobody starts there. Everyone starts as an individual solopreneur freelancer, basically. And uh, there's a lot of aspects of that budget that I want to talk about, I'll tell you right now. But starting at that very beginning point, it's really fascinating because for me, I guess my financial journey, if I can share a little bit of that, I guess, <laughs> um, whenever I decided to leave full-time employment and go freelance – that was that was kind of the first step right there and it had me so incredibly nervous because i have a family to support and i'm the only income in our family at that point point. Uh, and still to this day ish uh i guess i shouldn't say that megan helps with uh, the accounting stuff but we found we found ways to kind of bring her into things but at this time it was it was, it was just me uh Providing all the income for the family, so um, it was it was scary. I had a one year old at the time he wasn't even one yet and I don't know you I, I don't want to get into this whole like taking the leap thing because I think we've I've talked about this before, but um, you have to think to yourself like okay you can't just say, okay, whatever let's just let's just do it and see what happens it's not it's not a possibility. Mm-hmm. And for some they, they have that opportunity. For others they just don't. And the people that don't have that opportunity, they have a hard time creating that opportunity. Um it's much easier to just you know, not take a risk on anything, obviously. Yeah. So for me it was um I was trying to have I can't remember it was like three to six months expenses. Mm-hmm in a savings account. Like that was what that was the first place that I needed to go. And as soon as I got that, I ended up quitting the job that I had. And it was a, it was a struggle. I needed all 6 months of that that I saved just to survive. Um and then some most likely would have would have helped. <laughs> um, but I don't know, like, I'm I'm really happy that I did go this path of building this from zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I don't want to get too much into it, I suppose, but I will say, like, you know, made by things is 100% from scratch. Zero dollars. There's never been any financial support of any kind. I've never taken out any loans. I've just never really seen the need to do something like that. We've always grown at exactly the right pace that we are ready for at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, that's that's the first pitfall that I think a lot of people fall into is early on. They're like, okay, I need financial support from everyone else or from angel investors, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not this cool, trendy startup. We're a service-based uh, industry mm-hmm. that it, you know, it doesn't need all of that. And I think that that's, I don't know. It's a big thing that like people are always like, okay, well, if I'm going to start a company, I need to have a whole bunch of money to be able to do this. And I have to get all the biggest, best equipment that I possibly can. um, And I think, I think it's good. I think it's good to dream and figure out exactly like in an ideal world, what would I have? But then I guess the realization needs to to come in that you shouldn't spend any money unless you plan on making that back or if you yeah. have a plan to make that money back plus a return on that investment. And I think that's the other thing is that a lot of people early on, they're trying to just survive. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to start a business just to survive, you are in for a world of hurt. <laughs> um. Because it's way more stressful and you're not going to get nearly as far as you could financially, maybe, maybe not creatively. I will leave that one open, but um, financially you won't get nearly as far if that's the Mm -hmm. case. So, I don't know. So one of those first steps for me was, okay, what do I have right now? And this is going to sound awful, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because if you are not making any money and you can't afford the software that you need to use, it is up to you to find a way to get the software. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, I will leave it at that. And
0: Not condoning uh, there, anything, but...
1: <laughs> I, I'm 100% not. Um, I love paying for all of our subscriptions and software that we have right now. I very much appreciate all of them, but I was starting with $0. Uh, it's really, it's really difficult to justify any monthly expense when you don't have any money coming in. Right. And I, I think that all of these software makers would agree as well. Um, again, I'm sure they're not saying that, Hey, that was a great idea, but you, you have to do what you have to do. And that's, it's because of that that I was able to start things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, really anyway, a lot so of great
0: alternatives for things too.
1: Th- that's true. There is a lot of great free things that are available, um, but uh, <laughs> I think that's that's part of it. Though is I, th- I think the biggest thing is like okay, so if you're planning on starting your company. There's a lot of different ways to kind of handle things from a financial aspect. For me, it didn't really start making sense until I was able to get to a point where I could understand how much money am I actually bringing in. Mm -hmm. Because until I know that, I'm not going to spend anything. Like, it was really that simple for me. So it was, okay, live as minimally as, as you possibly can, which I think that many of these things my family still does all of these kinds of things where it's like, do we need to do that? No. Do we need the nicer car? Can we get a used car that's two years older, but like great deal on it? Like, yeah, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to how people are with money as individuals. Yeah. I, I, It all comes down to how you treat money personally. Mm-hmm. And that's a direct reflection on how you treat a business. I've um, seen it yeah. so many times.
0: I would completely agree with and, that. Like if if you are not good at handling your own personal expenses, figure that yeah, out yeah. before you try to be able to start a business because you're going to take those that same mentality into your business.
1: 100%. It, and I guess that's it's also good practice, mm-hmm. right? Like even still to this day, like I I enjoy doing our like monthly finances, mm-hmm. bills and stuff like that and trying to find ways to automate things. Um, but for me, it's, it's treating your personal life like it is a business and treating your business like it is a personal Mm -hmm. finance, right? People are like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to buy this fancy new chair because it's a write-off, right? We constantly hear this write-off thing. And, um, I just, if you're early on in something, sit on a damn stool if you have to like you just don't spend anything (laughs) like again until you know what's coming in you just you just can't i I think the biggest thing is that people expect to start a business start a big project and they expect it to go from zero to 100 in two seconds it doesn't it doesn't work like that you need to think about it in over you need to think about it in the course of decades not like i don't know not even weeks or days or weeks um not even months honestly Mm -hmm. like you have to be thinking at least in years but if you're looking ahead as far as like 10 years go, it's like okay i'm in no rush but i want to make sure that i'm constantly figuring things out better and better which is why most people don't make it when it comes to starting their own business because it sounds great and I'm not I'm not trying to you know make anyone feel bad about this like it is for some people and it is not for other people um but if you if you want immediate results and satisfaction and you want the office, you want the big team if you expect that to happen within the first 5 years i mean it's it's totally possible, but I don't think that those are the expectations that people should be going into with mm-hmm. because there is a lot of money associated with hiring people and having a space, and all of that stuff honestly isn't necessary to be able to produce the work you need exactly. it can it can certainly help it's a nice to have um but again at at those beginning steps it is okay, how can I operate okay like you know, look back on what you've made, like, okay, I've made, even if it's just like a side thing and you're like, you know, I made 500 bucks this month Mm -hmm. and last month was 500. Like, I don't know, whenever you start to see a sample size or you can actually start to measure Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm starting to make 500 bucks a month. It's like, okay, well, you know, ideally at this point you already have a a full-time job that is paying all your bills. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, if I have 500 a month, what should I do with that to maximize this investment into my business Mm -hmm. um and i guess that's the other thing i'll say is that for some people they see that 500 dollars, and they're like boom getting a new iphone like i'm going to get that fancy new chair um but that's that's probably another thing that a lot of creatives i feel like i'm all over the place right now but it all should tie together right i'm following you (laughs) Um, you're okay okay good (laughs) um we need to understand that what we are starting is a business. It is not a job. So whereas when you when you work a job, you get your paycheck, you pay your expenses, the rest is yours to do whatever the hell you want with. Whereas a business, you get that money in, you can pay yourself, mm-hmm. you can yeah there's so many different things you can do with it. Or you can start investing in things like software yeah. or like another person to potentially help you. Mm-hmm. But you need to make sure you have those sort of priorities. Now, again, if, when I go back from the start of Made by Things, uh, let's see, eight years ago, I guess it would be next month. That's crazy. Um, that's That was always my thing. It was like, I want to have a team. I want to have an office. Um, but I also could see, okay, how much money's coming in? And let's be honest here. How do I you know, balance this investment. Do I want to put everything that I make? Do I want to put it right back in here? No, I couldn't because I had to pay my bills first. So it's like, okay, let's pay our bills first. And then also let's get our personal bills down as low as we possibly Mm -hmm. can. Let's share Netflix accounts. Let's (laughs) (laughs) like, let's get rid of the streaming services and that gym membership that you don't even go to anyway, like remove ruthlessly. And it, to me, I guess that's, that's always been the key is if you can find a way to live as minimally as possible, your opportunity uh, is significantly greater. You are not this sort of slave to the whole financial system at that point. Yeah. Um, and I guess that goes back to what we were talking about earlier where it's like you can't, you know, you need to make sure you're doing good on your own personal finances before you even think about trying to start a business anyway um so this i guess i'm I'm talking much more big picture from from a business standpoint i'm not talking necessarily about projects specifically just yet but i'll I'll definitely go there um but basically what it, it in my eyes anyway this is what it needs to be it needs to be a slow build constantly examining what you are bringing in reducing your expenses but at the same time, when there is extra money there, you use that as an investment back into yeah. your company, your company, and then your company grows a little bit bigger, and that provides you more money over time, right? And I, I think that's the other thing, is that people fail to understand that one of the major benefits of having a business is that it is an asset for you. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of people seem to just see it as a job, like they start a business just to work and then they don't even like that work nearly as much as they would if they just worked full time somewhere. Like they have a hard time reasoning with themselves and admitting to themselves that it would actually be less stressful and more lucrative to just work full time somewhere. Um, Honestly, a lot of people on our team have, have recognized that for themselves. Like a lot of people on our team have gone down this path of freelance and like, yeah, it sounded great at first, but there's a lot more to it. It's just like, I I certainly wouldn't want to deter anyone from trying, but I would say making sure you're being honest with yourself along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so yeah, again, for me though, budgeting was always based on how much you're bringing in. It's not based on how much you think you're going to bring in. It's not based on what you wish to bring in. Like It is look at the data. If you can look at the data and be completely honest with yourself again, then you can start making financial decisions to grow something. Um, before I go into project stuff, any thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I actually have a big question on this. So when you first started Made by Things... What was your initial first year goal?
1: I wanted to make what I was making full time, so fifty thousand mm-hmm. was roughly what I wanted to do. I didn't do that. <laughs> I it wasn't it wasn't good. <laughs> um I, I may have gotten the forty. Um which with a family of three at the time wasn't great at all it wasn't my most fun year ever honestly Um, what made
0: you keep going
1: just resilience i guess (laughs) a little bit of uh naivete i guess (laughs) uh a little bit of honestly a little bit of all the emotions Mm -hmm. there's some there's some anger there not in a horrible way, but like, you know, you get frustrated by like, man, you know what? I'm mad that I didn't do what I set out to do right here. Yeah. And that gets into a whole other topic altogether, but that's something that's worked for me, and it worked then as well. And I've I've always loved business. It's not I, I love creativity, but I've always also loved business. Mm-hmm. So for me it was I, I mean, there was certainly a timer on that. Like, if I did that several years in a row, no. I would just go work for yeah. someone, you know? So it was like, okay, first year, honestly, I was just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I can find a way to survive and learn as much as I possibly can about this, then I think I'll be okay. Um, And that following year, it wasn't great either, but at least i started to see things go up. Yep. And honestly from that from that point right there. So i went from making i don't know. i think i was at 80 or 90,000 a year my last year full time. Uh i went from 80 or 90 to 40 overnight basically. Yep. <laughs> and that it was a hard pill to swallow. Um but i i knew that. I, you know, I, the eighty or ninety. That's including all the overtime. It's including just I was working as much as I possibly could. Yeah. I was working full time and working um, nights and weekends on freelance stuff. So that's a combination of everything that I was doing. I worked my ass off to get to that point. So I knew it was going to drop a little bit if I wanted to try to take it easy. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't like a huge shock, but at the same time, it was just kind of this realization that this is going to be harder than I thought it would Mm be. And that didn't, it didn't scare me off. I was just like, okay, let's take stock of what we have here. Um, And since then, income has only increased since then eight years in a row. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I say that not to sound like I'm bragging. I'm saying that because I put eight years into this. if anybody puts eight years into something it can only get better like it's just it's almost physically impossible to get worse at something over eight years of time and that's that's not including the five years before that that i was doing freelance on nights and weekends so (laughs) essentially 13 years into this whole thing um but i think to me that was i guess that was kind of the lesson where it's like you know what I'm in this rush right now to build this thing that I see in my head, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't work like that. And it needs to be okay. Like you need to find a way to enjoy the journey as cliche as it is. (laughs) um, And just find little ways to get better every single year. And that's, that's always the thing that drives me even still to this day. It's like, all right, we did good this year, but how do we do better? And what is better exactly? because it's not it's not always just like okay financially we want to do better yes that's a given but like how what else needs to be better for that to happen um, so there i don't know there's a lot that goes into that but i guess that was that's a good question um, i don't know I, any other questions before i go into the project stuff
0: yeah well one more just because you're okay. building that when you're building your business um, yep. going into building a team when did mm-hmm. you finally make the decision to hire the first person at Made by Things beyond yourself?
1: Right. Right. And that's a great question too. Um, so financially, I'm trying to see, okay, can, what can I afford? Mm-hmm. At first it was like, okay, yeah, I could probably get an employee, but I can only pay them $30,000 a year. That's not going to work. So it was like, all right, well, I need to figure out a way to get higher than that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and at a certain point, I kind of hit this wall, where I was like, I can't do any more until I have somebody. Yeah. But like, I have the people there. Like, I had the project leads were there. Like, I was like, okay, if if I could start saying yes more, then I could start doing more work, and then that income starts to increase. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that first hire was probably the most difficult one of of all of them for a lot of reasons. One, because I had no idea what specifically to budget for. Mm -hmm. Hiring freelancers is one thing because you know exactly what their cost is. But when you hire full time, you're, you know, you also have to take into account taxes, benefits, overtime. And how are you supposed to plan for all these things? You just can't. Um, You, it, it was the second biggest leap that I've taken on this journey. The first one being like, okay, going going freelance. And the second one being, okay, going to hire. And this is another one of those things. It is really difficult. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, it's simple. Just do whatever. Um, but it, it's hard. It's hard for so many different reasons. But once you get that first person on your team, it's a little bit easier to see the math, see the numbers, see the data. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, let's try hiring another one. And let's see if that trend continues um and again it's i don't want to make it sound like it's easy but once you hire that first employee you figure out all the little things you have to do legally and financially and then it's a simple numbers game yep. at that point um i don't know did that answer your question No.
0: yeah no that's it's a good answer it's very interesting yep let's get into yep. projects I, I,
1: Yep. All right. Cool. Uh, well actually, you know, before I do that, I'll say, um, I also had to keep in mind, you know, at what level do you want to hire somebody? Like what skill level, what level of experience? Yeah.
0: That's another thing too, is when you're having that first hire kind of based on the leads that you're getting and what you need to be able to cover yourself and what you're unable to do because you're handling the other leads now and you're stepping into more of a creative director role and also business developments, How do you determine exactly who you need?
1: Right. I will say this. Um, If you're going to hire somebody that's younger, it's going to be cheaper, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Based on the amount of experience they have. Um, But on the flip side, hiring somebody that has a lot of experience will cost you more, but they're going to take care of a lot more Yeah. of that work side of things for me again, that being a numbers game, it was okay. Do I hire somebody now and at less experience or do I wait Yeah. and I got to keep saving money up to be able to invest in another person. Right. And I couldn't wait anymore. So it was like, okay, where are we at right now? <laughs> like that's where it's going to be. Now, what I will say is before, before the first full-time employee, it was, hiring contractors mm-hmm. at first it was like just based on a project um and then it was an intern where i was like all okay, right what if somebody's there for three months straight like let's try that let's try having somebody there for three months and if i can find a way to pay them every single paycheck then clearly it'll work yep. so like and that was a really big thing for me because by the time this person's um internship was over I ended up have, uh, hiring her to a two-month contract. And then I was like, okay, I just had somebody on our team for five months and I was able to pay them every single time. I'm <laughs> like, I think that we're getting really close to... Like, then it started to become very clear to me of like, this is the next step. But I just want to make sure that I'm doing this the right way. And I think that's the that's the biggest thing is that nobody knows what the right way is. What we all know is that nobody wants to hire somebody and then lay somebody off immediately after. Nobody wants that. Yep. Um, you know, I, I'll say that like some people will f- say that they feel like they're responsible for their employees. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel like that. I don't think I've ever felt like that. I've always been like, okay, you made a decision and I'm going to make it so that you... I want, I, want to prove, I want to prove you right that you made the right decision. Mm-hmm. But I can't control how much you, you know, I can't control anyone's personal expenses or like how they take care of themselves, how they prepare for an emergency. I can't do any of that. So for me, that concept was difficult. Like I still, I don't want to let anybody go ever. Um, But I was like, you know what? I need to make decisions based on what I think is best. Mm -hmm. Not, not, okay, if I had to let this person go in six months, that's going to suck. Like... No, you just can't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the other big thing as far as business owners go. And a, a big thing that's going on right now is things like layoffs in you know Twitter and Facebook. And a lot of people, they want to... This is a whole other conversation here. I don't necessarily agree with the leadership on either of those teams. Yeah. But at the same time, they're making the best financial decisions that they can at this time. Yep. Anyway, (laughs) um, but at the time when they hired, they meant well, they really did. They were saying, hey, we have a bunch of extra money. Do we just want to put that in our pocket or do we want to reinvest it in the people? And they decided at that point, we want to reinvest it in the people. Mm -hmm. Turns out they were wrong, but you can see that their intentions were at least somewhat good. Mm -hmm. Just my, my general thoughts on the whole thing. So, like, I guess for me, like, that's how I see it, too. Like, you can't control things like COVID starting. You can't control factors beyond your control. There's so many of them. But what you can do is look at the data. And if you can say, like, oh, you know what? I see here in the numbers that I would have been able to hire somebody six months ago. And if you can say that, I'm like, I feel like it's an easy decision at that Mm -hmm. point where it's like, Like, yes, I'm making the best decision that I possibly can at this moment based on the information and data that I currently have. (laughs) Uh, And that data might change. But if that's what you're looking at at that moment, it's being smart about it. So Mm -hmm. that's how I saw it, where I was like, I didn't want to make a huge gamble and get somebody super experienced. But at the same time, I didn't want, I needed something more than an intern at Mm -hmm. that point. I needed somebody that I could trust to go with things. But I also knew that that meant... I would have to give more of my time to things like training. And um, yeah, I guess just training is kind of where I'll leave it. But. Um,
0: well. And honestly, like. Go even ahead. with that, with your time and learning how to budget your time, that's such an important part, though. If you're able to put the time in, to be able to readjust right. how much time you can put into something. Because, you know, even speaking about budgeting, budgeting time. Is just as important as being able to budget your money.
1: You're absolutely right, and that's that's probably the best segue we can get for getting into project budgets. Then, um, honestly, like it's quite different, but it's pretty similar at the mm-hmm. same time, right? It's 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 starting a each project is a little mini business basically mm-hmm. that. Rises and falls. (laughs) Um, And it's okay, right? Um, But the biggest thing that I... I, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert when it comes to figuring out budgets for projects. Obviously, the easiest thing to do is ask for more money than you think you're going to need, and then you'll be fine. (laughs) Easy. Yeah, exactly. So what I've always found to work... Well, I guess this is another thing that in the beginning I was still basing it on, honestly, I was basing a lot of it on a client's ability to pay. Mm -hmm. And I would say like, okay, well, here's what I think that we would need per week, per month. But I don't have that many clients come into us asking about projects. So my first thing was usually like, what's your budget? Right? (laughs) Um, And I, honestly, for the longest time, and even still to this day, there are times where I let that control everything. Mm -hmm. Like, if somebody calls us and they're like, hey, we want to do something like this, and we have $30,000 to do it. I'm like, okay. Um, Like, first, I'll, I'll try to break it down of like, all right, how much time is this going to take? How much is this going to cost the business, basically? And there are times where it has to be just a straight no and there's a time where it's like hey listen like that's not gonna work <laughs> like we would need to double that um in order to make it work mm-hmm. and i don't know it's it's one of those things that we're like that's that's how honestly that's how we've kind of gotten to the point where we're at right now is by kind of t- i don't know some kind of ladder it feels like we're climbing I guess where initially it was like okay I'm just trying to do these projects that like I was like all right I need to make four thousand dollars a month to just pay all of our bills and to have like a little bit extra right that was kind of like one of my first goals and then so I took that information and I applied it to the business where I'm like okay I need to make four thousand dollars a month let's see how we can do this now um and it just meant like, okay, well, a project that takes a month, yeah four thousand dollars sounds about right? <laughs> like it was kind of arbitrary, yeah. honestly, but I think that it's important to start somewhere and start somewhere a little bit low mm-hmm. because then you could start to find your place in the market, um, find your place amongst the competition essentially. so so quickly it became okay. The, you know, we're taking these $4,000 projects on, we're doing great work, winning mm. awards. Like, it just people are saying a lot of great stuff. All of a sudden I'm becoming too busy. Like, okay, that $4,000 is not going to cut it anymore. Mm. Like, okay, like I'll do this one for 4000 but this person, I'm going to tell them 6000 Uh Because I, I just had this conversation earlier today, but like I never told anybody no for the most part. I would just say, I would turn it back around and be like, I want, to, I want you to say no. I want to figure out what your no point is, basically. So whenever they're like, hey, our total budget for this is $4,000. I'm like, yeah, I understand. Like, I'd love to help with this, but we'd need at least six. And I would say 90% of people would say yes to that. Um, so it became, again, it became this sort of ladder where it's like, okay, then you get a couple, you know, you have a project going on right now, and then you have another one that's going to start soon. Uh, or could start, and then you're like, "Hmm, let's try eight. (laughs) See what happens there, you know? Um, Anyway, that's when it was just me, that's how I was trying to build that up. It was really just me trying to find my value to this industry. And and obviously, if everyone's saying no to you, then you know that you're probably charging too much, Mm -hmm. or you're not a likable person, potentially. (laughs) I don't know. Like, there's a lot of factors into it, but I I feel like the biggest thing though is uh you're probably charging too much. Yep. So it's like, okay, let's come back down. Or you know, if if it's not even a possibility for you to come back down, well you need to find a way to get more leads. Mm-hmm. And I can talk about sales funnels literally for an entire day, but I'm not going to today. <laughs> um so then anyway, over time it became, okay, now I'm starting to have a lot more costs with the mm-hmm. business, have employees, we're We're paying legally for software <laughs> um
0: congratulations
1: thank you <laughs> um Shout out to Adobe the sponsor of this podcast <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're not a sponsor of the podcast, but I think I just lost most of their support well, in this episode. <laughs> okay. yeah, they won't hear it'll be fine anyway, yeah, anyway, we pay for it now. It's yeah. great um and uh i don't remember i was going with that exactly but uh okay so yeah once you start to realize like okay like these are there's real expenses associated with this and all of a sudden like a month goes by we didn't get a project i'm like oh no i'm still having to pay all of these things Mm -hmm. and there's no income it used to be really really scary and i'm not i don't i it It's scary all the time. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. happen nearly as frequently as it used to uh, in those early years, which, again, is why it takes time to build all these things up. It's not just about getting out there. It's about it just takes years for people to know when to give you a call. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so over time, it became like, okay, well, if I'm paying everybody by the hour, then I need to know what my studio hourly rate is so that we can make determinations based on that and also a really big problem at that point was so I was you know we're taking five thousand dollar projects on that's great but I never put a calendar on it I never put like an actual like day scope or anything on it so there was many projects where we lost a good amount of money and I didn't realize that until even recently where I'm like I just at that time I was just like survive 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 we just need to make a dollar like go Like, figure out how to do that. So for me, I was like, as long as we're working on something, then things are good. But it's like, well, no, not necessarily. You can take on a project and you can actually lose money and time. Um, That is just not super fun to realize. But um, so now, I guess bring us to present day. When we are budgeting for projects, it kind of happens one of two or three different ways. So one, what's your budget? Um, if they, you know, if they say that they're like, uh, you know, we don't have a specific one, I'll still kind of drill down a little bit more, or I might say, you know what, typically our average project is X and Y, like does that sound like it's kind of going to be in your range? And it's a pretty big window that I give. And if they're like, oh no, then it's like, great, let's not waste our time here. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they start thinking about it and they're like, eh, maybe on the lower side like sometimes they'll say that which means that okay we actually plan for less but we might be able to stretch it to get to your minimums kind of and then there's the people that say yep and then you're like yep the golden so i guess the first part is either finding out a specific budget if they have one or just make sure you're in the right ballpark Mm -hmm. so the second way and this kind of this is part of that first as well i feel like But it's figuring out, okay, if I'm going to take this project on, how long is it going to take? How long will art direction take? How long will script writing take? Design, animation, Mm -hmm. sound design. How much time of a producer's time will need to be on this? How about my time as a creative director? Mm -hmm. And then we simply multiply that by our studio rate. And our studio rate is based on um, cost plus profit. It's a very simple number that we're like, all right, well, if we could just apply what we think it's going to take us by this number, then we're good. Mm -hmm. Now, again, there's time where people are like, okay, well, all we have is 30,000. And it's like, okay, well, whenever I figured this out of like, if we were to do this project in our ideal way, it's going to cost 55,000. So then you're like, okay, well, in order for us to do this, you have two options. One, you just take the project on at a lower hourly rate. Sometimes that's fine. Sometimes it's not a great idea. Um, but, um, I guess the other way would be, let me see here. Where was I? Um, (laughs) sorry. Um, Oh, okay. So what we might do is then take that number, uh, And then start reducing the amount of days. And it's like, all right, if we were to get to this budget for you, we would have to spend significantly less time on design Mm -hmm. or script writing. Is there a chance that you might be able to help us with writing the script? Uh, Do you have somebody that designs in your team? That's rarely something that we do Mm -hmm. because I generally don't like the results whenever that happens. (laughs) But then we can start to tell them like, okay, we start to meet them where they are a little bit more. I was like, okay, if your budget's 30000 like, okay, we we could do something, but here is what the limitations we have to put on that are now mm-hmm. to be able to make sure that we can do it within the time that we have planned for this. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the absolute easiest way to price things out. We have a calculator that anytime a person comes to us, we start typing the days in and it tells us the number. It's quite easy. Um. But there's also, I guess, another way. And that's, it's not something that we use very often, but it's something where we're like trying to calculate based on value. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we're doing something pretty big here. This is, you know, understanding their business a little bit more. This doesn't work with all clients. Like if we, if we're working through an agency partner, like we have to stay to the numbers because we don't have direct access to clients. So Whenever it comes to us working directly with clients, though, we can start determining what is the value that we are actually bringing, and let's base our number based on that. I mean, we still know what our how much time is going to go into this, but who am I to say what our value is to a project, you know? Um, If we're doing something that's could be relatively simple and these you know, people that we're working with are like, hey, you are uniquely suited to solve this problem for us. Like, this is exactly what we want. I'm going to ask, like, what is this going to do? What is this going to bring to the business if we do Mm -hmm. this right? And if they're like, you know what? You know, we're selling Mercedes. We think if we have this, then we're going to make an extra million dollars a year. I'm like, okay, well, this is only going to take us a week to make, maybe. This is the hypothetical example. We don't work with Mercedes. But if I know that we're going to bring in a million plus for them of profits and, but they're only using a week of our time. Well, I'm going to adjust that, yeah. that number a little bit, quite a bit, possibly where like, I don't want to get into specifics of how much I would do, but it's something that I would absolutely keep in mind. Cause I think that we need to charge based on some of that. So well, I guess for me, aware. I see value as you need
0: to be aware of your own value.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, it's tough. It's tough to, you can't just ask your friend, how much would you pay for Mm -hmm. this? You can't do that. Because how Nike treats something is different than even just a mom and pop shop down the road, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, well, they don't see as much value from this as a large company. would. So I I almost see this as like a multiplier that you overlap on top of your hourly rate, potentially. Mm -hmm. So it's like, based on confidence... Do you push that number up? Do you push that number down? You also have to think about your own demand. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So like if, if, again, you're busy, I have five projects that all want to book the same week. Well, you don't just, uh, that is your opportunity Mm -hmm. to raise your hourly rate or raise the value that you are providing. That's how you, again, keep taking that ladder up and up and up. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I I guess what I'll also say is, like, there are times where if we do discovery with people, they're not necessarily even asking for something specific. They're just saying, like, hey, I want to use video to help us do something better. Mm-hmm. We think that we need to be using video. Any ideas? So we go through this whole discovery process and we we come up with the ideas. And then we go through and then we figure out a time and cost estimate for each of those items. And we essentially let people pick through them like it's a menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has been one of the most helpful things ever to yeah. us as a company. It's just being able to be involved that early in a process and just knowing what is the creative idea behind mm-hmm. this is always super helpful. But anyway, um, yeah, what are your thoughts?
0: No, I'm just, I'm very interested in just being able to hear everything. Obviously, I'm. Not a business owner, I I, I work for you, so um, kind of hearing the ins and outs though of how you think about business, and it's it's really interesting too, kind of hearing like how you handle things personally, uh, mm-hmm. both in like like as you've talked about like how you handle things in your personal life, and then also like within the within your your business life, and um, seeing the overlap is really interesting as well. Um, but no, I I I think for me, and like kind of going into final thoughts on this. I think when you're starting that that business or if you're going into freelance or you're taking
1: (laughs) so Shelby's dog I think is running away oh there it is I'm
0: gonna let you handle some final thoughts okay (laughs) it was some noise um but no thank you Uh, I think this will be really helpful especially for um for younger creatives and I really appreciate too, kind of taking the time um, since I was able to, you know, chat with younger creatives and see what mm-hmm. what they were really interested in hearing. So I appreciate this this insight, and I'd like to do a part two of this episode because I yeah, think there's I agree a lot more.
1: Yep, yeah. Uh, I'd say my final thoughts. Um, I will. I'll go back to that whole just taking care of your own personal finances. If you have a crap ton of credit card debt. Uh, loan payments that are way too high on your car um, and you're not even bringing in enough money for that that's the first place to start it is to figure out I mean I'm not saying you need to have no expenses at all but I'm saying that you have to start being able to be smart on a small scale before you try to be smart on a large scale um, again, I don't have any proof to back this up, but I feel like most people that make huge business mistakes are people that just are poor at their own personal finances as well. And I don't know. So it, it is, it's is—it's—it's starting there. And I think, again, I'll just say like being honest with yourself about what your strengths are and what, what maybe you need to find somebody to help you with those things. Um, and again, I'll kind of bring in finding a financial advisor finding an accountant um but even still even if you hire people to help you with financial decisions you, you need to find a way to be smart about your own personal finances and you need to understand the simple idea of income and cost because um, if your cost is higher than your income you will not be successful In any stretch of the imagination, you will not be able to do the projects that you like to do. It doesn't matter how creative you are, you will fail at running a business if your cost is higher than your income. So I don't know, it's, you have to find a way to, I want to say you have to find a way to enjoy those things, but I find that the people that don't enjoy it are the people that it scares them or they don't like what they see as far as their income goes. They don't like the fact that they have a credit card with 18% interest. So they choose to just ignore it or say that they're not good at finances. But I'll tell you what, finances are fun when you are in control. Like when you feel like you are in control anyway. Again, when you reduce your expenses as much as you can, uh, you find the things that you've been paying for monthly. And again, you don't ignore it. You look at your bank statements, you constantly looking at the activity on your cards every single the first the first of every month I look at my personal finances and the business business finances and I'm charting everything as far as like okay what did we spend what did we make and again whenever I see there are plenty of months where we are making significantly less than what we're spending but the bigger you grow it doesn't hurt as much um, and that's kind of part of the beauty of being able to grow something as a business where it's like, okay, yeah, we had a bad month. It's not the worst thing in the world. It comes bad whenever you start to see those numbers inver- inverse for like three plus months. And then you're like, Ooh, nope. but you know, what? I'll, I'll even go, I'll leave it with this. What I was saying before at the beginning of like, you know what? I wanted to have three to six months of expenses just in the bank account before I went freelance. I still live by that principle in the in our in our business account is like, okay, I just need to make sure that as long as we have three months, at least in that business bank account, we'll be fine. Like, it's just, I mean, I'm not going to say we'll be fine, but like <laughs> that's, it's a strategy that's worked for me since day one. And I still yeah. use it on a much, much larger scale. <laughs> um, And it just, it works. It's, it's not just about having money. It's also about what what happens whenever when you take care of your finances. You have confidence. Mm-hmm. When you have confidence, you're able to say to clients, "Hey, uh, I want to I want more money for this." Yeah, you kind of re- you reduce that scarcity mindset to almost zero. For me, it'll never go away. But um, you just if you just take care of your finances, it creates just an, a much more puffy noises Uh, I'm much more uh, I don't want to say relaxed but I guess much more much more confidence in yourself and all of your abilities so like there is a direct correlation so it is just like no matter what take care of that financial side of things alright that's where I'll leave it Uh, Shelby's having some dog issues right now Um, (laughs) but uh, we'll leave it on that and we will see we'll, you'll hear from us. We, you'll be hearing from us next week. Okay, love you, bye.
0: The Command Z Show is created by Made By Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review.
1: We'll see you next week with a brand new show.